The BC government today announced a $5 billion COVID-19 action plan to help workers and businesses survive the economic impacts of the spread of the virus here in our province. Ken Peacock, Chief Economist and Vice President at the Business Council of British Columbia, joins me on the line today. We're both working from home. He's going to walk me through and our watchers and listeners through what exactly this package is designed to do and if it's enough. Ken, good to have you on our remote show for the first time, but of course a regular Sure. Uh, guests on our show normally. Yeah, thanks for having me on this room in these remote circumstances. Yes, yeah, and strange circumstances require, you know, getting a little bit innovative. So here we are, a $5 billion package to address the immediate needs in the economy. How well does this plan do that? Uh, it, it's, you know what, it's a, Haley, it's a good plan. It's a, it's a reasonable amount of money. And the province has wisely decided to try and line up and piggyback the federal government efforts. So they're trying to deliver money to households, to families, uh, checks immediately out $1,000 to workers who qualify for UI, but also workers who are not UI, e, e, not UI, EI eligible um, and uh, under the federal government program. So absolutely, so to, to my mind, this is critical. Money in people's pockets right away. We've got rent food, rent issues, food, ability to purchase food. Uh, and when people stop getting their paychecks, a lot of households do not have a lot of savings in reserve. So th this is essential and this is a good, a good first step for sure. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, some of the things we used to talk about before COVID-19 and how close many Canadian families were to not being able to pay their bills at the end of every month. We're talking maybe a couple hundred dollars, not necessarily having thousands of dollars to dip into. How critical is that rental program or rental supplement going to be to keep things moving in our economy? It's it's going to be absolutely critical. I, it, you know, and I guess we should provide your listeners, viewers, uh, some context. The reason I say it's critical is because we are in the midst of what is going to be a, a turn out to be a significant economic downturn. Uh, you know, large sectors of the economy have been shut down. International travel has all but stopped, and BC is going to be very, very significantly affected. And the challenge we have here is the hole that is created from that reduction in economic activity. We've already seen story hundreds and thousands of layoffs. Uh, is large and the private sector is significantly larger than than the government. So the government itself is not large enough to fully offset the decline that we are about to go through. But doing what they can and providing money like the $5 billion that was announced is absolutely critical. And I think we're going to need to see much more actually from the federal government. So I respect the provincial government's initiative, but we're going to need even more funding and more spending from the federal government level. Uh, the federal government initiatives to date are actually kind of skinny when you compare them to what is being done in other advanced economies around the world at this time. That's an interesting point. I know both the federal government and the provincial government today were fairly clear that this is a first step and hinting strongly that they're working on additional plans and measures to take. But what size of federal package do you think would be appropriate when you're considering how much of a slowdown we could be dealing with here? Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great question. Much of this depends on how long people are locked down, how long certain segments like restaurants are shut down. But Let's just say it's going to be for a protracted period of time. I look across to some other countries, um, Germany and Australia are both have both announced packages that are equivalent to about 10% of gross domestic product. So the spending and 
stimulus uh, funding, immediate funding that's being provided, upwards of 10% of GDP. The federal government's total package is about three and a half, maybe 3.8% of GDP. But I would also add much of the federal government spending package is is just delays in paying of taxes. So there's actual no, so it's, a, it, it's improvement to cash flow in that businesses don't have to make payments for some taxes but it's not really providing an injection if those businesses say have lost a lot of revenue. So I, I agree with you, there's more to come on the federal front and I expect them to get up to kind of levels that we're seeing in other advanced economies. So significantly more spending to come. Mm -hmm. We've seen a lot of supportive measures around workers and families, understandably, of course, many people dealing with layoffs or fearing that they are going to be laid off. How much support have we seen really for the business owners and the employers and is what's on the table enough for them to really make it through? Yeah, we've seen some funding. The government uh, announced, I think it was some, I got all these billions of dollars in my head, but it was around <laughs> one and a half billion dollars for businesses, uh, for funding. The province has also indicated that they're not going to require businesses to remit their PST uh, payments and some other payments are going to be eased. Property tax payments are going to be reduced. Again, this too helps with cash flow. At some point, this is probably going to have to be paid back, although we will wait and see on that as well, given the world is highly fluid and uncertain at this point. Um, so some efforts there just to, to put some additional cash flow in businesses operations. Those are pluses. We are actually, we haven't seen this to date, but we are recommending that the province put a full moratorium on all sort of regulatory and process changes that are in place. So environmental regulations that are being reviewed, uh, but just because that takes up a lot of resource, takes up a lot of time. And that's really not where our focus and the focus of most businesses is at this time. They don't need to be dealing with kind of restructuring and tinkering with regulations and, and taxes and, and whatnot. So I expect we'll probably some movement, see some movement there as well. Is there, are there some other measures that would maybe be, I don't know if it's fair to call them low hanging fruit, but some fairly obvious things for governments, either at the provincial or federal level to consider as part of a follow-up stimulus or not stimulus, follow-up well, economic package? Economic, yeah. I know people are reluctant to use the word stimulus these <laughs> days. I can totally understand. Um, yeah, I think much of the low-hanging fruit they've already targeted, you know, it, these checks that are right right to households, right to people, EI eligible as well as non-EI eligible people, uh, that's kind of low fruit in that it's the most obvious and thing that and the thing that needs to be done most immediately uh delaying tax payments is also a plus so i think governments have taken a pretty good look at what policy options are available i just think the quantum is is going to have to be bigger and and that's the reality and we're going to see additional announcements and there's going to need to be a second round of stimulus further out and it's going to depend entirely upon how tight and how restricted and how locked down we are and the duration of that. So um, more more money, more spending in the future, as challenging as it is to say. Yeah, yeah, understandably. I wonder if part of this process too, it's coming to terms with the fact that sure, we can maybe stimulate the economy, we can mitigate the impacts to workers and employers and businesses, but there are going to be lots of job losses and there are potentially going to be permanent closures and bankruptcies is that just there, part of this process yeah it, it, there are at this stage it seems that, that bankruptcies and substantial job losses are 
are unavoidable. Uh, I think we need to come to terms with that. We got to be honest with ourselves about that. The the big challenge, what is really going on here, Haley, is we are seeing the economy shut down due to policy, good reasons, obviously, health health issues and concerns. And it's a bit of a dance or a, a tango with shutting that down while also trying not to destroy or ruin too many businesses, the capital that is in place, there's institutional capital, a lot of institutions, there's physical capital, there's workers who have been trained in certain areas. So we're trying to slow the economy down to stop the spread of COVID-19, but at the same time, also trying to do as little damage to the economy as possible. That is a difficult line to walk. So um, it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be important, obviously, to keep Industries that are essential, they will need to keep running. But as time permits, other industries that may be seen as not as essential, it's going to be important to maybe find ways to get them up and running and operating as we try and walk this balance between saving lives, stopping the spread of COVID-19, but also not, not destroying all the capital in the economy and the businesses in the economy at the same time. Yeah, well said. And I, I've been told to look at this kind of in two parts. There's measures now and money being invested in getting us through this period. Once we make it through, no indication yet of the state our economy's in, but also looking at a whole new slew of measures potentially to then kind of stimulate the economy and help it get back on its feet. I wonder what's going to be left. Key interest rate policies already so, so low, billions already on the table. What's going to happen then? I, I know. I've, I've been thinking about this for the last few nights myself. We're probably, I, I, I can imagine, retraining programs, uh, ways yeah. just to get people back into the labor market quickly. I think here in BC, we're going to have to look at like industrial policy fairly seriously. We have big industries, forest, mining, uh, natural gas, LNG. Some of those sectors could probably get up and, and running while maintaining social distance or continue to run while maintaining social distancing. And they're big economic engines. So uh, I think the government's going to be looking at industrial policy and then how we get our tourism sector back up and running. I think this, this is really going to be a challenging question. It's going to depend on what happens in other countries, international flights, of course, uh, all that, but that the tourism and hospitality and air transportation sector very, very, very hard hit, and that is going to be a particularly problematic area. It's going to be interesting to see whether people even want to travel as much as they did in the past. I, I think we're going to see some permanent changes as a result of this, depending on how long lockdowns and other things last. Yeah, that consumer public trust or the hesitancy of maybe not wanting to be in that first cohort that takes a cruise, for example, I think that's really going to dampen that recovery trajectory. It is. It is indeed. We saw in this $5 billion plan, $1.5 earmarked for BC government spending on that recovery. Do you think that's in line with what we're going to be dealing with? Or is that in and of itself also kind of maybe a first step measure? It's it's great. It's great that they're thinking that there's going to need the there. There's a, great that there's a recognition on behalf of government that there's going to need to be a second round, and this isn't this isn't a one and done. And we've done our job in the economy recovery. This is going to require constant care and attention. Uh, the magnitude of that is a good size of money, but I anticipate uh, that we will probably be looking for more. But I think it's also appropriate for governments to make the announcement, second round of funding coming, but then have a little bit of a wait and see where we are before they determine what subsequent amounts might be required. 
Fair enough. Ken, as always, thanks for coming on and sharing with our listeners your insight. I am sure we're going to be relying on your and BCBC's insight in the weeks and months ahead as we try and make sense of what's happening. Thanks for having me, Haley. Be safe. You as well. That's Ken Peacock, Chief Economist and Vice President at the Business Council of British Columbia. We're putting out regular daily videos looking at the impacts of COVID-19. All of that information and a lot of print and online coverage available at BIV.com. Thanks, and we'll see you tomorrow. 